0: 30 second um my little 30 second fancy intro so we just get we just get straight to live here hello everybody it's ken stearns uh, and welcome to the we're calling it the jar foundation podcast still but i think we're gonna switch up the name to uh all you know today mental health today and this one will be mental health today with jeff johnson and uh jeff and i were just chatting offline and we're kind of don't know each other yet (laughs) and i've (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so we're we're both podcasters and we've been sharing, I think, a, a great kind of a pre-chat around how you know how do you end up in these chairs? And we both have our own story. Yeah. Um, but Jeff, today it's going to be all about you. Thanks for being a guest.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be able to have this conversation and to to meet another another person that uh, I can consider a friend. Um, which yeah. is I pinch myself often about how fortunate I am to be in this position too to do what I do and to take this long, it took me my life to really find my passion and my I purpose. And um, I love that. Um, I'm really uh, honored to be here. I'm excited to share my story and see if somebody can take a few things away and make their mm. life better.
0: Um, what were you doing before all this? I mean, where you, where are you from originally? And, and you know, this gives a little, like where you're from. I love that kind of what the family was like that roots.
1: Yeah, I, I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the Midwest. So um in the chair. Flyover country, you know. Uh I'm fifty-six. I'll be fifty-seven in a couple weeks. But, you know, I started my my previous life uh at twenty three um as a financial advisor. That's where I okay. got started. Um, I wanted to be a basketball coach in college. I played a couple years of college basketball and um you know, realized after a couple of years that you know I, I kind of wanted to make more money, so I went into accounting for like a week <laughs> and, got, <laughs> and got murdered. And uh, I did what a lot of county flunkies do: we either go to marketing or finance. So I ended up just changing again really quick over to finance, and, I, and I'm happy I did. I, I learned a lot about money and finances yep. and the economy and. So I got into essentially the insurance industry right out of college and sold life insurance door to door in the late '80s, early '90s. It I was brutal, it. absolutely brutal. I lo- yeah, I I, in it. hindsight, it's the best thing that could have happened to me.
0: Absolutely, just, you know,
1: literally getting doors slammed on your face. You know, I, I felt like the Jehovah's Witness for a while out there knocking <laughs> on doors trying to sell life insurance. And um, you know, I just I, I gained a lot of um, undeterred personality. I think came from I, my days in selling an yes. in intangible idea to somebody.
0: I really agree. I, and, yeah. and I, and I actually, uh, I kind of identify cause I was an agent on the street. Yeah. I, so it's like, I wouldn't
1: wish it upon my worst enemy at the time, but now I think every kid should do it as part of their curriculum to grow up.
0: Agree. Grow. You'll grow up fast. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I, I made, I made a lot of money. I, I spent a lot of money, um, met my wife, we got married. Um, she brought a beautiful, uh, child to the equation, Seth, mm. Um, he was, I think, you know, like three, when I met him raised him great, uh, great, uh, just a great son. And then we had two others, uh, Ian and Roman. So fast forward age 50. I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm on top of the pinnacle driving a fancy car, big house, traveling the world. Happily married, you know, twenty-one years. Beautiful wife, Prudence. Three boys. Coach. You know, I'm the pillar of the community. I'm in Rotary. You know, I'm donating money. I'm setting up. I'm setting, you up, I'm setting actually, you up here, though. You are crushing it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. The, the fall's coming. Um, and no. uh, come you know, on, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty drastic. And um, and so uh, you know, behind the scenes, I was an alcoholic. Um, five five six days a week. You know, functional alcoholic. I never blacked out. I had one drunk driving a long time ago. It's off my record. Um, you know, but it's just I, you know I was becoming I was becoming something I didn't aspire to be. I, I was you know hung over a lot, you know, stomach problems. I was forty pounds overweight. My wife and I never argued, but you know, drinking you know, you can't get real close when you're drinking, and she 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 was drinking a lot during this time as well. So, um, and then everything changed. Um, October fourth, two thousand sixteen, was the beginning of my new life. Um. I got a call that every parent dreads and they found our oldest son, Seth dead from an overdose at the age of 23. (sighs) He died from fentanyl. Um, Fuck. Yeah. And so there I was on top of the mountain um, soon to be Hmm. laying on my back on the bottom of the abyss, Hmm. you know, and um, I could see it coming because Seth, Seth had a long six year started at 16 with Adderall for attention deficit. It just manifested into, you know, alcohol, marijuana, you know, drunk drivings, breaking and enterings, cocaine. And then he was in prison, prison for a while and got out. And within 60 days, um, heroin laced with fentanyl and was over. And, um, so that day death came into my life, uh, as an opportunity to become a better man, not a bitter man. And that's, that's initially how I spun it to my other two boys. The day I told them that their brother died. Um, he died actually a mile away from my, where my middle son was competing for golf districts that day. So in my book, I, I write about this at, at, at length about that day, you know, I was dropping Ian off, you know, getting the clubs out, you know, all the kids were getting ready to play and I get the call at six thirty. and I looked at my phone. I thought, um, oh, I know this call from this person is, this isn't good. And, um, I got the news that Seth died as I was looking into Ian's eyes and I basically just, um, decided I wasn't going to tell Ian because it was his big day as a sophomore. He was the number one golfer. The team was trying to get the state for the first time in school history. And I just felt I didn't want to impede his dream. I didn't want to, Hmm. I didn't want to just kill the dream right there. Cause obviously Ian couldn't have played that day and it would have affected the team. And Seth wasn't going to come back. He was dead. So I said to myself, I'll just tell him when he gets home. So I got my car and I thought, how am I going to tell my wife? You know, our son is dead. Jesus, yeah. And uh, it was the worst. Fucking day of my life. I mean, I, I can't even put into words. And uh I got home I came around the corner and she's all dressed in her black and orange and ready to go, mom. And I'm shaking and trembling, and I just I can't talk. And I just say three words. I say Seth is dead, and I fell and boy, you can imagine what happened. Um, and um we got ourselves up and we drove to the hotel and they had the yellow tape around and here it is, you know, less than a mile away. Our other son's teeing off on the first tee for districts, you know, where, where's mom and dad. And they're at a hotel room identifying their, his brother. And, um, and, uh, you know, so that, that was the beginning of my new life. And, um, and so the boys came home and I talk about this in my book. It's a chapter called the two roads. And I sat him down and I said, uh, boys, I have some terrible news. Um, your brother's dead. And the first thing, my middle son, Dean, said, how do he die? Dad drugs. He knew, he just knew. I said, yeah, drugs. And you could hear a pin drop. And then something happened. I had that, that old athlete in me that kind of like that coach mentality. And I thought, okay, this is my, this is the life moments that when you ask somebody to marry you and you have children and you, you commit to that life, it's like, you have life moments where you're going to have like two to four over your whole life, that words that come out of your mouth will set the tone for the rest of your life. And this was it. This was my life moment. I, I was on the goal line, I couldn't fumble the ball, right? I had to say something impactful. So I stood up, I cleared my voice. I didn't rehearse this at all. I don't know where it came from. I said, boys, we have one of two roads to go down. We have one road of anger, despair, and hatred. We'll become alcoholics and addicts ourselves, or we have a road of inspiration and motivation. And this can be the single greatest moment in our lives and those around us to make a difference. I'm on the second road. I ask you to join me. And I thought, wow, Jeff, that's pretty damn good, man. Good job. Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, I said it. Yeah. And I couldn't believe I said it. And uh, yeah, uh, like who, that wasn't me and, though. And my boys did great. My boys were amazing. I could tell you a whole podcast on on what they've done. And you know, my, my son Ian's raised thousands of dollars through golf. They've they have a scholarship named after him. They had an award named after him while he was still in high school. In college, he went and played golf at South Dakota. He got the courage award last year for raising money for mental health advocacy and things. And my other son, Roman, is a, he's on our board of directors and he's 19. So my two boys leaned into it. But the problem, Ken, is I didn't. And I called my company up the next day and I said, I'm not coming to work for a year. I own the company, so I could do that. That's one thing I'm grateful for. A lot of oh. people can't. They have to go back to teach. They yeah. got to go be doctors. They got to be police people. Yeah. They got to be firemen. Um, I I I had that opportunity where I could stay home. But you know what I did, Ken, is for a year and a half. I drank every fricking day. My wife and I got drunk every day. I put on, I don't know, I was up to 195 pounds at one point. Um, never had suicidal ideation at that point, but I didn't want to live. I just didn't want to do anything. And I called all my negative friends that I could find in my head and said, Hey, I got a huge pity party coming. Come on over. We're gonna get drunk and be negative. And so that's what I did. And um, on December twenty four, 2017, like a lot of people, I just got up in the morning, looked in the mirror after a night of drinking with my wife and I said, I'm done. And that was five years ago and I haven't had a drop since. And it's the easiest thing I've ever done in my life as a full blown alcoholic for 32 years. Um, I don't call myself sober cause that implies I'm in a fight. I just choose not to drink. And if I drank today, I wouldn't say I fell off the wagon. I would just say I chose to drink today.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or very easy. It's been very simple for me. Um, but again, I was a full-blown, full-blown alcoholic. Um, and I, I really thought that my quitting would be a really good thing for my wife because I noticed she was getting worse as well. We both were really bad. Um, but it didn't work out that way, man. Uh, death entered my life again. Uh, on June 29 2021, my wife died of <sighs> alcoholism at the age of 46. Um, so death knocked on my door again as an opportunity to become a better man, not a bitter man. And um. Oof. Yeah. And so, you know, that hit me hard because my wife was just the most beautiful soul I had ever met. And, um, you know, they both came into my life together and they both left together. And um, so I couldn't allow my sons to lose their brother, their mom and their dad. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was time to it was time to change the world. And time to um, man up. Time that's what I did. Up. So I did my podcast. I started my podcast, Living Undeterred, three years ago. I did my book. Um, I, uh, I bought an RV last year uh, and I went around the United States for 95 days with my two boys and 38 nonprofits in 35 states. And uh, we just talked, we just met, we hugged, we cried. We just talked about mental health. Um, we're planning next summer, this tour again, uh, we're scaling it down. 95 days almost killed me um but I got a documentary crew that we documented it and I'm going to put together a documentary probably next summer when I have some time um oh, not about so- me but about we about as I started telling my story I realized mm-hmm. pretty quickly that that the beauty of vulnerability is it gives people permission to tell their stories so I think what's happened in my life at now 56 is that by By sharing my story, as painful as it is, it gives people an opportunity now to share their story. And that's the that's the beauty of the journey I'm on is just constant sharing of of all all areas of of um, mental mental health, whether it's suicide or sex abuse or gambling addiction or alcoholism. It's it's something that vulnerability is is that thing I think that's going to get us out of this mess um, is talking about it. The, the connection, having intimate human conversations with, uh, with people is, is important. So, yeah, so that is, you know, a big thrust of what I did. I, I bought an hour of airtime here in a local radio station. So tonight in two hours, I have my my weekly show called The Living Undeterred Mental Health Hour. It's a live call in show. We're doing oh, pathways. To, we're doing pathways to recovery. Um, last week we did women in recovery. So every week I have guests on that I met from my tour or just advocates. I know, um, I bought the hour myself. It's expensive, but I only have two sponsors, but you know, another thing I'm grateful for Ken is I'm, I'm in a pretty good financial position with my career. I had as an investment advisor. I, this is, this is funny. I'm rambling. I'm, that's my attention deficit, but
0: no, you know, you're, 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 you're doing great. Uh, It's great flow.
1: So I, um, I decided that very quickly that I, I was kind of done with investments and doing that, that, that I could, I could do more to leave my footprint on, on mm-hmm. humanity by not peddling IRAs and, you know, no load mutual funds. Um, so I sold my investment company, um, uh, in the process of closing the deal in a couple, a couple months and the money I'm making and have made in my life, I'm spending, uh, I'm spending on mental health advocacy. And so, I've put in a tremendous amount of money and resources. And in July of this year, I'm launching the nation's first one-page mental wellness app for aimed at Gen Z. And we are going gonna to upset the apple cart on Gen Z mental health with this app. Um, I've been planning on it for two years. November, I hired a software development company out of DC. Um, I don't know if you play cards, but play poker. But my, my analogy is I'm putting my chips in the table and I haven't looked at either card yet. But I will tell you right now, I'm staying to the river. I'm I'm not folding this hand. I'm staying all in, and I'm I'm now 56. I'm widowed. My two boys are out of the house. Um, yeah, what is, can this happen? This is my home. This is I don't what? date. This is my home. This is what yeah. I want to do. Um, and it's by choice. I, I don't. I'm not looking for people to feel sorry for me. I, that ship has sailed. Sympathy and pity ship is is actually you know crashed and sank.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, I want love. I want compassion. I I want I want um, empathy. I want uh, courage. I want strength. Um, but you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the Christmas after my wife died, Whew. I had a gun. I had a gun to my head, out of my safe, loaded, and I was ready to go. I, I was at peace. I didn't do it. Obviously, I wouldn't be here. But yeah, uh, but.
0: I mean, Holy cow. You, yeah. There's not many people that there's a lot of people that think about suicide to a lot of different levels.
1: Yeah. But and I had never, I'd never thought about it before, but to physically hold yeah. the gun. And I never planned it before. It just, it was, a uh, over Christmas and my wife had died. My mom had died right after her in October. And I was at home alone and I was going through some stuff. And the first box was like Seth and pictures. And I found a letter, um, mm-hmm. This letter right here, Ken, PS, sorry about my handwriting and spelling. This is a letter that Seth wrote my wife and I when he was in prison and I have it behind me. I made it to the first page and I've never read the other two pages to this moment. And the reason why I won't read it is it's a conversation I get to have with him someday. It's hard. It's so hard to put into words, but it's like, if I read it, then. There is actually closure. I mean, I have nothing else more to learn mm-hmm. about him. So the letter to me is like the moment I get to talk to him again that I'll never have. And so um, and that was the weekend that I didn't want to live. And it's the first time I considered suicide. And really what's scary to me is I was really at peace with it. Um, I thought about my other two boys and my dad and I didn't do it. Put the gun away. And now I talk about it and you know i i don't have anything to hide i don't have an agenda i've never made a penny on anything i've ever done in in this space um and then the app is is the one thing that's the convergence of all my projects of all my desires is this app and um and that's um that's my story you know and that's and i'm honored to be here i really am i'm honored to tell this story i know i'm I know I don't have to go to work like a lot of people and but I'm not going to take my money I've made and just sit on a beach and sip my ties so while I don't drink but you know what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say I can't I can't I yeah. can't shut off the path I'm on I just can't and I get up I think about it I go to bed I think about it I talk to every, everybody every day about mental health and I'm just the luckiest man on the planet right now I really feel that way. And to meet you, Ken is an honor. And I know our friendship's going to blossom and people I'm going to meet from this conversation. And I'm life is beautiful. So. Life is precious. I'm so fricking happy to be alive, but man, when I cry, I cry hard. I cry intense. I cry with pain, but the weight of the tears aren't sorrow and suffering anymore. It's pain, but it's not sorrow and suffering. It's optimism. It's gratitude. It's love. It's empathy. So with that, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I wouldn't change anything. I miss my son. I miss my wife, but I'm honoring them by living an intentional life full of love and gratitude. And, and that's how I'm going to die, you know? So thank you. I appreciate yeah. this chance.
0: It You said that at the, at the very end, Jeff, and it's something that stuck with me <clears throat> for all the stories that I sat down with, right? I've, I've, I've got 200 people in last, 200 inter- interviews in last year, um, the face-to-face and mm-hmm. all regardless of the story. And there are some stories where you, why would you want to relive that? Why would you not let yeah. that go? And everybody, I wouldn't change a thing.
1: You know it's what happens if I, you know what happens if I stop talking about them, Ken, then they die.
0: Oh, you, you die twice, right?
1: Yeah, and that's not going to happen on my watch. And so, My app I'm launching this summer um, is na- is called Brighton, and our tagline is Let Us Brighten Your Life. Love it. And, well, there's a, there's a story to this. There's a backstory to the name. Yeah. When Seth died, his daughter was born three weeks later. He never met his daughter. Her name is Brighton. Her name, <sighs> Her is, name Brighton. is Brighton. And every time I pick her up, I say, Brighton, you brighten my day. I love you so much. And I always say, where's your daddy? And she says, in my heart. And I say, yeah, he is mm. and he's in my heart. And I get his cologne out and I spray it all over her so she can smell like her dad. And it's just like full of love and full of gratitude. And I, I just, you know, so Brighton is the name of our mental health app. And, you know, I may run out of money. I may run out of time, but I guarantee you I'm not going to run out of passion. You know, that that's not going to happen. You know um and um like i said earlier when i first met you i pinched myself how lucky i am to be where i'm at and um how lucky i was to meet prudence and and to meet seth and to be a part of their life and um to witness the worst of times and to be there for the best of times and um i wouldn't change a thing i i really wouldn't i don't torture myself with feeling like i could have done more or guilt what i've done is i've tried to look back can and learn, learn from the mistakes I made, not punish myself from the mistakes I made it is a massive difference there. So if I go back in hindsight and I play the what if game, which we all do because, oh, we're, goodness. Human, because we're human, but I don't do it to punish myself, but I do it. It's to a learn. great, it's a great point. It's a great what point. could I have done when that doctor said, Hey, Seth, Mr. Johnston, your son has attention deficit. He looks out the window and thinks about girls. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what 15 year old boy doesn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, or maybe they think about men. I don't know. My youngest son's gay, so I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, it's like, you know, what child doesn't have attention deficit? Give me a break. But I right. allowed a doctor to give him Adderall. That's on me. That's not mm. on Seth. That's not even on my doctor. That's on me. So what can I do? for What can I do with that w- nugget of wisdom, right? I don't know learn more about Adderall learn more about how much is prescribed learn why it's prescribed learn what attention deficit is I, so i'm a sponge of consuming knowledge right now i'm not an advocate I for an it. agenda i'm not an anti i'm not anti anything except hate and and you know and those type of things but i'm just all about learning and so i'm i'm an open book now i'm i'm not an angry fentanyl dad i'm not a abstinence is the only way dad i'm an open book and i really want to I really want to try to find whatever I can find. So that moment in time when a child says I'm going to smoke pot or I'm not going to smoke pot, I want to, I want to be in their head when they flip Mm. that switch. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's what I want to try to figure out is.
0: And that, yeah. How's the app going to work on this? What's the, what's the the idea behind the app? How does it, how does it framed?
1: Yeah. What I did is I, I, um, I took my financial uh, services industry career and the big thing we talked about for investing was diversification, right? So, so basically people have stocks, bonds, and real estate. Well, we don't diversify with mental wellness, especially with kids. So I have, (laughs) we have, have, we don't have anything. I have three asset classes for mental wellness and that's health, wealth, and purpose. So what I've done with our app is we've structured it to be educational and autonomous. So kids are building the, their own, when I, when I trademarked as a personal wellness portfolio, So I'm going to introduce the portfolio concept of kids through mental wealth planning because most kids have, most kids have a very unhealthy relationship with money and they learn that from their parents because 67% of parents live paycheck to paycheck. So we wonder why Gen Z is the most financially illiterate generation of all time. It's a lot of it's because their home, 70% of them uh, are living paycheck to paycheck. Mom and dad are fighting about money. So that's what kids see. So, so then, and then they go to TikTok and see YouTubers driving Lamborghinis. They have a very skewed relationship yeah. with money. So when they finally do get it, they don't do anything constructive with it. So we yeah. want to get kids in a position so they have a healthy relationship with money prior to when they're making it.
0: And this portfolio. I mean, I I love yeah. that that concept. It's just such an easy.
1: Yeah, I lost your volume. Sorry again. Yeah, I can see you fine. I just can't hear you. Yeah, I can. I'll stay on and let you kind of. Yeah, I still can't hear you. It, it sounded like. Like there was a little beeping noise and then it just went dead, but I see you fine. Um, Hmm. There, now I can hear you. I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're good to go. But yeah, so just about the app, it's like, you know, I want to get kids in a position where they can autonomously build the mental wealth portfolio. And why, why is autonomously important? Well, you know, if you, if you come home with your kids and say, Hey, here's a mental health app, I want you to use it. They're not going to use it. Right. Um, you know, if I buy a a car for my kid, uh, they're probably not going to take care of it as much as if they would have put their own (laughs) money into it, you know? Absolutely. So I think that's the same with mental wellness. And I think if kids can take the time initially to build their mental wellness plan, I think they're a lot more likely to engage with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and it's it's on the phone. Um, yeah. Now, how would you how would we get it to people? Is that is that well, right now, right now it's not through? out. It's
1: not out till July, Ken. Yeah,
0: but what are you thinking? What's the thinking? The early thinking on on how to well we have people? a landing
1: page. If people, uh, I can't, I don't know how to type on this, but if someone, if you wanted to type in the, the it's www, and I'll say it, then I'll spell it. It's brightenyourlife.com. So it's www yeah, just, dot.
0: Yeah, let me yeah, try to find the, um, hang on one sec. Let me see if I can find the uh, comments. Here we go. Oh, we got some little comments going.
1: Yeah, I saw them. I appreciate uh, Jess and oh. James and the Oh, that's great. Comment. Yep.
0: Okay, so sorry, www.
1: Yep, dot, and then brighten your life. So it's B-R-I-G-H-T-N, yourlife.com. We took the O out because that's how Brighton spelled her name with an O. So it's B-R-I-G-H-T-N, the E-N, right? No, it's just B-R-I-G-H-T-N.
0: Got it. Oh, I didn't see the comments going. Wow, fantastic. Love it. Yep, brightonyourlife.com.
1: So that's our, that's our landing page, Bright. Let's see, B-R-I-G-H-T-N, yep, yourlife.com. So people can leave their email there, and then when we get closer to launch, we'll, we'll have you on the, the list of, um, of being not notified and everything. But, yeah, we want to hit schools. We want to get high schools. We want to get colleges. Uh, we have an NBA basketball player that was the fourth pick in the NBA draft that's our going to be one of our brand ambassadors. His name's Fantastic. Keegan Murray. He starts for the Sacramento Kings. He's going to be – I coached him for a couple of years as a child. So him and his twin brother are oh, going to be – okay. Yeah, they're going to help us um, lean into this mental health as an opportunity. Um, and kids will listen to kids. They won't listen to you and I. Um, no, no. They'll listen to other kids. So it's important for me to get an army of Gen Zers – that are interested in mental wellness that can help us promote this, not just the app, but just promote peer to peer support for other right. gen Zers. It's huge. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Though well, that I, I, the story, I mean, the, the birth of the, the idea. Yeah. Right. You know, in the process of that, of how you came to this place is, man, that's a tough road. That's a tough road. Um, it sounds like you, you know, like you talked about being all in until the yeah. river. Now you burned your boats. I, I <laughs> kind of, I,
1: I did. I, I have no plan know, B <laughs> I have zero.
0: I, it, I mean, most people land on shore and then they burn the boats, but you seemingly came ashore with the boats flaming
1: Jeff. I mean, yeah. like, you, I was you, building you, the boats on the water
0: <laughs> and, and you lit them. I think you lit them offshore a few miles uh, yeah. Yeah. and jumped out about a mile offshore. You've, but you the really beauty the beauty of all this, Ken,
1: is I, I'm not anything special. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dad from Iowa. I, you know, and if all if, if everyone watching this can take their own life, find their own metaphor, their own yes. storyline, doesn't have to be death of a child. I understand most people can't relate to that. It, maybe you put your cat down and you don't have any kids. You're not married. But that's the most traumatic thing for you. You know, OK, that that's your passion. Um, I have a, a quote that I I teach my kids and everybody that follows my story. It's on the back of our t-shirts and it's a great quote. I think all your followers would really uh, benefit from this. It's purpose becomes passion when it gets personal purpose becomes passion Passion. when it gets personal. So purpose becomes passion when it gets personal. So all you have to do is think of the most personal things in your life and your passion is right there. It's right there. You just got to go out and do it, you know?
0: That's a great way to find your purpose.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any until 50 years old, man. I was your, I was your capitalist guy, capitalist male, you know, just, I couldn't have a fast enough car and, you know, it's, everything was about me and, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, death comes in and like, it does, you live long enough, you know, I mean, I'm sure Ken, it's you've gonna, had deaths in your conf- life. Yeah. It's going
0: to come find you.
1: And eventually it'll find me. And I don't want my boys to sit around and become alcoholics because dad died. You know, um, there's no reason for that yeah um, uh but so again, it it's a journey that that I, it won't end until after I'm gone, and then it'll still continue through my two boys and all the people I can touch. you know, I this is such a viral uh, and I say viral as in, yeah. is it a positive thing? Yes <laughs> um, right, because I know virus and viral is not a good thing right now, but um, the reality is is that I had a friend the other night, actually Keegan's dad, Kenyon, and we sat down for dinner, and you know the first thing he said to me, he said, Nate, tell me one thing that's happened good to you today. It's all he said. And I told him, and it's a personal thing between him and I, but I went to Facebook and LinkedIn that night and I made a post. And I said, because Kenny and I were talking about this. Imagine if every single one of us asked three people that question. So Ken, when we're done, before you go to bed, three people, me too and and the the effect we could have the ripple impact we could have on just and everybody answers that it has to be something good because the question is what's the one thing that happened good to you today yes you can't answer it bad um, <laughs> it's not yeah it's not that it's not an a or b it's it's what's right. good and just imagine something free non-pharmaceutical it's easy it's clean it's 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 what we need to be doing more of Yeah. i lost you again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It would probably kick on here in about 30 seconds. Last time it was about a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah there can, you go. You're back. You're on.
0: So I think, um, what, what strikes me when you, when you tell that story, uh, is not, um, I kind of lose my thought there losing that losing. I lost a wifi and I kind of lost my thought.
1: <laughs> I've done that <laughs> um, too.
0: Um, you know, as you're, as you're telling as you're telling these stories, it's it's not. Yeah, I really lost my thought. Um, yeah, well, I, was gonna, to I, your, I was gonna I was gonna
1: make a comment. I was reading a, reading a quote from um, James Hiller Thomas said, yeah. "Tears tears are a weight leaving our soul. That is why we feel so light and tired afterwards." Let me just piggyback on that because the quote I've been saying to our kids when I speak to them, I said, "Go back and think about the hardest cry you've ever had in your life."
0: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. The hardest cry you ever had in your life and the next cry you had and the next cry you had, when have you ever felt worse? Yeah. Ever, never, ever. Never, yeah. The best never. workout you've ever had in the middle of it. It sucks. It's painful. It got one more rep. you know, you got to go. But when you walk out of that gym, do you feel better than when you did before you yeah. walk in a oh. 100% of the time? Yeah. So lean into crying, lean into suffering, lean into pain as a mental health workout, that's what it is. You're not going to feel worse when it's over. It's a hundred percent guaranteed. You're going to feel better because that's what your body's yeah. doing. Like, like, like he says, that is why we feel so light and tired afterwards. I would add, that's why you feel liberated and better as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's draining. It is, it's, there's a, some kind of a physical thing that happens, but
1: also that, that spirit lifting, right?
0: Right. It is. Yeah, both. So there's,
1: there's beauty in there's beauty in it as long as it's not long term. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Cry hard, but cry short, you know, yeah. in duration. Um, James
0: picked up. Actually, it's weird. My thought that I lost. James picked it up. Uh, it, which is that it's not so much them telling the story, but it's it's people listening to them. Mm. And what he's talking about, that eye contact with a stranger and hearing, truly being yeah. heard. Yeah. Truly being heard is so powerful. And it's it's so weird that he's, he's actually typed exactly what I was. I was my, my thought lost and it turned into his keyboard. Thanks, James. (laughs) It's great.
1: I had someone come up to me after a, after a, um, a talk and they said, you know, Jeff, I I admire your courage and all that. They said, but how can like the death of a child and death of your wife, you know, be something Mm -hmm. that happened for you? You know, instead of something that happened to you. Yes. Great question. And I kind of thought for a minute and I said, and my answer was, you know, what I say now at the end of my talks is I said, um, you know, it must be for me. Because if it's not for me, then it's to me. And if it's to me, I'm on the bitter road. And be- the thing is, is oh, I'm yeah. on the better back your, road.
0: Back your so, road. So
1: because of that in its own self, that's why this is for me. So anybody out there that's going through something, if you can reframe it as this happened for me, not mm. there's a big difference between things happen for a reason, and something happened for me. And I'll tell you why. I don't believe things happen for a reason. That's, I, I agree. I don't I agree. I don't. I, agree. I believe we find our reason in the things that happen to us. So, so again, and I wrote my first blog ever was things don't happen for a reason. And I, and again, that's just me. I just I'm not. It, why in the hell would my son die for a reason? <laughs>
0: yeah. There, yeah. There's no, there's no, Jesus,
1: there's, give me a break. It's like, I don't believe that at all. So it's, you know what? I'm going to find a reason I'm going to make up. If one doesn't exist, I'm going to fabricate one. I'm going to make a reason up. And that's my mindset. So my wife died. Okay. Am I looking around for someone to give me a sign? Tell me why she died. No, I'm going to find out myself and I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to help people not have to ever go through what I went through again, period. And that's my mindset. So again, If things happen for a reason and that's what you believe, then fine. Great. Your reason will be revealed for those of us that don't believe that we have to go find our own reasons. And so you do that through advocacy. You do that through service. You do it through love. You do it through um, connection, vulnerability. The sky's the limit. It's what you do
0: with it. I've always felt it was this kind of globish piece of clay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I you know, like that. You know, that you're you're kind of handed, right? And you're you're yeah. meant you're meant to make something out of it. You're meant to find out what what it's supposed to be. Yep. Yeah, you have got to mold it into what it is, you know, what are you going to use? What are you going to do with that? You know, what do you Yeah. Doing? And I just ta- had a conversation with somebody and it is all about like what, you know, where are you go- what are you going to do with this? It's a door open. It's another yeah. door in a way. I mean the door, yep. you know, good always does not say oh good always but you good can come from these tragedies and a lot of times if you look at it hindsight in our lives we do make something out of it
1: i would say more than can it must it it must yeah it must Hmm. It, it must and whether you have to make up your own uh your own way um then so be it uh but I think too many people something happens and 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 um they they just um well, yeah, maybe I'm just fortunate that i've I've had the ability to reframe I don't know i I don't know where this comes from to be honest with you um well, I've, well I've don't
0: a- don't forget though you stood up and you said there's two roads. Yeah. And then you said you're going to go down the one road and then you actually in this in this the I, middle of the, in the middle of the night, you snuck back and you went down the other road. I, I was far. on the road. Pretty, I told my kids big.
1: not to go down.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you convinced them. You threw the breadcrumbs right. down the road. And then in the middle of the night, you you know, you hauled ass back down the other road for a ways. Um, right. So it, it's not I mean, shit, even if you say it and you and it's comes from like you said, it came
1: through you. Yeah. Do you look back
0: so, on that? Like, where did that come from?
1: I do, I do, and and my, you know, obviously, my real religious friends will, uh, you know, aspire that to being an an an, an and that's fine. I I don't really care where it came from. Yeah. The the fact that it popped in my head and I was able to translate that into a thirteen and a fifteen year old without sounding like a clinician or a dad, you know, or a police officer or you know teacher. Right. But I I I said it in terms that they could relate, and they've both done things with it. That's all I care about. The genesis of the idea is not that important to me. Um. (laughs) and I don't get too wrapped up in that stuff. Uh, I just, uh, I believe in doing good. And again, I think morality can be something that you can find from within. And, mm-hmm. um, I've made mistakes. I certainly have made many as you have you. And as of James and Jonathan and everyone else that's commenting, we've all made mistakes. And again, that's what makes Absolutely. us human. And, and my son always said to me, my youngest son said, you know, dad, there' are only mistakes if you don't learn from them. I mean, that's wisdom from a 19 year old, right? <laughs> Dang at these kids. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty good. I like that. So, yeah. yeah I was so, you know, it's, 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 there aren't really mistakes. There's just chapters to our stories. You know, there's just, there's, it's just, there's a, it is. Oh, absolute. Yeah. Um, little,
0: little prompts. I think it's a little, you know, it's kind of, yeah. The, so you, the, you asked you early the about like hit what's the next? Rail. It's like yeah.
1: next for me, Ken, is to meet yeah. people like you and to meet people that have a, have a desire. I want to learn a lot about your, your tour. You did, um, yeah. find a way to come. Have you come to Cedar Rapids? If you can pull that off? Um, I'll make uh, it happen. Um,
0: I'll be close actually. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you my offline. I'll share with you where I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm pretty, I, I went through Iowa, but I'm pretty close to Cedar Rapids again on my way back up.
1: Well, if you're close, I'll come meet you somewhere. We'll get a coffee. That'd or something. be great. Let's yeah. meet.
0: 50, and Will you be on the show? Let's pull some questions on the jar. That'd
1: be I, that would be phenomenal. I'll give you a copy of the book, and we can do a photo <laughs> op, and we can meet each I, other, and we can cry and hug and.
0: <laughs> I would need a good cry on that one, man. I if I, I saw you, I'd have to hug you and cry.
1: And I'm a um, hugger. I'm a cryer and a hugger, and I'm proud of it. And more, <laughs> more men, more men, especially young men. And if you can cross uh,
0: me over to the cry side, it might be all right. I won't yeah. hate you for that.
1: No, I've I've always felt comfortable doing that. And, um, I don't know. I think for young men today, they need to know that it's, you know, you have, it's okay to be, to be you. It's okay to cry. You cry in by yourself. You can cry in front of people. There's no shame in that.
0: I, you know, um, it's strength
1: for a man. It's strength for a man. I think.
0: It is. I mean, I mean, Jessica, Jessica commented up on top, you know, um, vulnerability. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of strength in being vulnerable because you, you can go all the way down to that. You can go to that level of your, of yourself and embrace your emotions in a good way. Like you said, not in a negative, you know, outpouring way, but in a, in a good release way and and get, find that vigor out of it. Um, But vulnerability, man, I wish I was, I wish I knew that when I was younger.
1: I saw a word that James said there and I appreciate James is having some, some awesome comments. He's, there. I know
0: he's crushing it
1: right now. Yeah, James,
0: you've got to come on the show. Darn yeah. It, we'll, you, we'll just
1: get I, you on the show and I'll, I'll get off and let you get on James. You're doing great. No, I see the word tragedy and I do want to make a comment on that. Um, And I, I say this again, because I think I I've earned a seat at the table to make this comment. Absolutely. All right? And I don't think my situation's tragic. Yeah. I don't, I think tragedy is a baby drowning in a pool. I think tragedy is, your parents getting killed by a drunk driver. I think tragedy is a, a, a seven year old being molested by their stepfather. That's, that's tra- That's something they had nothing to do to fix. Yeah. Your child dies of an overdose and your spouse dies of alcoholism. That's unfortunate and unnecessary, but it's certainly not tragic because it was preventable. Yeah, it was preventable. Sweet. So I have a different Sweet. definition of that word. I, I don't allow anybody in my bubble to tell me that what I went through is tragic. And that again, mm-hmm. I don't argue with them if they want to say it's tragic, fine, so be it, but I don't accept it. Um, I, it could have been prevented, did not have to happen. And in my definition, that's not, that's not a tragedy, but I see where people affix that word to my story because it sounds tragic, but it was preventable. And you know, what's worse, Ken, it was predictable. Both my, both my son and both my wife's deaths were predictable. And that's what pisses me off. And that's why I'm here to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else.
0: That's what came across, you know, that word popped into my head when you were just, when you were going through the, the definitions. I was like, it kind of was predictable, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like you have, you have two people you love on a train. Yes. It's going, it's going one inch a day and, and it's going to go, you know, four years and it's going one inch a day. That's what it felt like I was going through when I watched this unfold in my life. I could see it coming. I could see it coming for me as an alcoholic. I could see me dying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You saw. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I was running my own train so I could put the brakes on and get off. But you can't do that with someone that doesn't want to get help. So again, I love advocacy. I love what I'm doing. Raising awareness is not working. It's not working. No. Because the best example is everyone knows what fentanyl is, but deaths have gone up a hundred percent in the last six years. So You know, knowing more about fentanyl isn't getting people to live. (laughs) It's not not working. Locking people up isn't stopping the war on drugs. I mean, cutting prescription opioids 50 percent deaths went up 100 percent the next decade. So, you know, not everything's linear. So, again, raising awareness, it's great. I think we need to keep doing it, but that's not working. We need to do something else. And I think we need to bring attention to not raise awareness. And the difference is this can raising awareness is in your face. Here's a picture of my son. Don't do drugs. You're going to die. Blah, 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 blah. Bringing attention is I'm going to tell you my compelling story and you're going to come into my house. I'm going to come into your house. We're going to hug. We're going to cry. We're going to share. We're going to inspire hope and love. That's bringing attention to an issue, not in your face, protests Mm -hmm. and and yelling at people and fighting on social, that, that's a waste of time. Certainly a waste of my time. I have no desire for that. I love, I that. have no hate in my heart. I have no hate in my heart. Even the individuals sold drugs to my son. I don't hate that person. Um, I'd be shocked if that person's even alive today. Um, I, most of those people don't live long. So no, oh, I could
0: Yeah, that they're not alive.
1: Yeah. And if yeah. I'm going to make a difference and leave my imprint, it's going to be on love and inspiration. And that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know, Um, it's all about action.
0: Right. I mean, I I think what you're kind of for me with that, that summary is that, you know, one is words, right? You know, one is words and it's worse as it's screaming and it's in your face. It's not the nice way to do it. And the other one is the actions going out and seeing people touching humans real, you know, I, the tagline for my show, my, my regular show is real people, real conversations. And I really wanted to get out and hear, you know, much like, like you shared, you shared today, Jeff is a real story from a real person, having a conversation about it. Um, And it's, it's been, this has been a a great episode for me because it's a bit like the jar in some way. um, But because your story is so powerful and it's a great story about mental
1: health. I had a good, a good mom friend of mine whose son took his life and she's got a phrase I think your followers and listeners would, would love. And I really think it's true. Connection is protection.
0: Oh man.
1: Isn't that great? The, Connection re- is, is protection. The more it, we can connect with each other and be intimate and share and love and laugh and cry, it builds this resiliency around you like a bubble. Yes. It protects you. I think I love I, that soon as you said it, it strikes me as
0: the, it's the last cutting of the rope when people lose their boats tied to each other, the connection. When maybe, the that's connection the name goes. Of, maybe that's
1: the name of your show. Hmm. Connection is protection, all things connection. mental
0: health. I love it. Connection is protection.
1: Aha, there you go. Just send me a, a dollar royalty $50. every time. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't tell
1: you. I did. I did trademark that. By the way, I didn't tell you. So now you owe me. No, no, I I'll love go it. Find it. <laughs> she said that, and I thought, God, that's that's really good. Connection is protection. I I like that. it, it, like it that.
0: is. You're just tied, like you said. You're, you've got a connection. We're tied to each other. Well, look, we are all on. You know, we're yeah. all little frequencies. You yeah. know, we're all frequencies together. And you know, for sure, there's that little modem you know, meh, you know, where we're just mm-hmm. walking through life. And if you lose that, especially among your family and people close to you, and you're just, you know, I, you, you go into like a, a force field mode and then no one can touch you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You know, you're, you're off on your own. Yeah. Um. And Jeff, it, some of the stuff you said, you, you know, I think we'll we'll talk a little bit later and we'll get to know each other a bit yeah. better. Um, but a lot of the stuff you, you talked about, uh, stuff I cover in my book, uh hmm. topics so i think we have you know we got a lot and we have a lot uncommon uh but a lot in common at
1: the same well, I'd time I'd like to get you i'd like to get you on my podcast and i'd like to um have you be a guest on my radio show um Love it. that we do every every, every every once a week and uh on our tour this summer we're going to be having three stages okay. um where are you located again so i'm
0: i'm uh... I'm here in Atlanta now. I'll be in Florida. I'll be in Florida most of April. And then I start head to Mississippi. I'm going to go across to Texas a little bit up towards you. uh, Before I go to Texas, a little up towards you, towards Nebraska. Okay. And then, and then back down.
1: So, well, we're going to be website. Yeah. Our tour, uh, we just spoke with the president of NAMI for Florida, um, Ashley Grimes, and she's going to be doing a big event for us. I don't know where yet in Florida, but. Um, and we're going to be spattered around about 17 stops uh, in July, September, and October. And okay. I'm taking my big RV on the road. Uh, I call it the Mental Health Magnet. You wouldn't believe the con- <laughs> you wouldn't believe the conversations we get when we're at like a gas station or a KOA and people come up and they're like, what's living undeterred. And I tell you what, like in five minutes, we're all crying. We're all hugging each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I can, I can hug a six, six, you know, ex football player that was in the Marines. You know, we're crying like little babies. You know, I don't even know him and he's a man and it's like 10 o'clock at night. You know, I, I, lo- I love what I do. I, I Seth and I touched my that. life in a way that, um, I don't, Seth is like doing more than he ever imagined he would do. I, um, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, I have to do this. I'm compelled to do this. Um, I'm not going to wallow in misery. Um, my bad times are bad. They they suck, but you know, I get through them. Uh, but man, I'm I'm fortunate and I'm happy we met. I'm happy you emailed me. I'm happy that, you know, here I am on your show and I want to reciprocate it, get you on my show and we'll just keep building from there. Let's go,
0: Jeff. Great. Great to meet you. Thanks so much. And again, one more time. Um,
1: yeah. The, 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 the website, if people want to reach me, uh, yeah, it's do it's, sim- it's pretty simple. My email is just Jeff at livingundeterred.org. So Jeff at org. My website's just www.livingundeterred.org. Okay.
0: Super. Pretty that's easy. That's a great, that's a great way to great way to find you. And again, Jeff, thanks so much. Uh, wow. I mean, it was I'm really glad we didn't have the pre-chat.
1: <laughs> i, I kind of didn't want to say much because i knew it'd be 45 minutes you be going damn we got to go we got to take this uh, yeah i mean whoo okay you pulled the rug out on, on
0: me on that one
1: yeah it's so it's great good. to meet you
0: thanks you everybody well. james jonathan you know for listening and commenting i mean that's so powerful that means a lot to to myself and i'm sure for jeff you know yeah, have thank to you be able to touch people live and, and have someone take time to listen to what we're doing and uh, carving out some space Again, thanks everybody so
1: much. And Jeff, I'm going to see you somewhere, my friend. Oh yeah, you won't be able to get rid of me, so...